if you listen to this podcast, you know that we have done zero advertising. We have not taken outside sponsors for this podcast. We have not been filling you full of outside advertising. That's not something we're selling ourselves. And if you've never had a podcast and know how much work this is, you also probably don't know that podcasts aren't free to actually do. Um, and we have been doing this just because we absolutely love doing it and we love sharing information. But we've also decided now that it's time for us to try to just make something off of our podcast, which means that we are going to have some advertising. Yeah. We are working now with a collective called the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. We are part of their um, group of other podcasts and podcasters. I think it's better to work in a team. And so we're working with these guys. And what they do is they help expose us to um, other folks out there who maybe haven't heard our podcast. We try to keep the advertising definitely in line with our mission and what we love to talk about and that kind of stuff. But we just wanted to give you a heads up. It'll be definitely something new. Like I said, we <laughs> We're going to try it. We have not ran an ad um, since yeah. we started this. So, And let me tell you, if we can make a little money on this podcast, we will be way more excited to put podcasts out and you will get way more content. <laughs> Give us a big thumbs up for, for getting a little advertising on here. Then uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health, the podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. It is currently January uh, 4th. Yep. 2020. Hunting season. Yeah. Welcome back to hunting season (laughs) because we've had... Three weeks off, or wait, four weeks off? Yeah, once January rolls around, bam, you're back into hunting season. Mm-hmm. Well, I did remind him tonight while we were making dinner that he's going to be hunting with a number of very interesting people. Mm. And I said, you better remember, this is now work. And he's like, <laughs> I know. And I'm like, this is not fun anymore. This is work. Mm. And he's like, hmm. so he's going to get I a ha- list. Do I at and at least I- get to have a little bit of fun. While I'm hunting. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to give him a list of things that he has to do and people he has to interview. Topics he needs to discuss. For you listeners out there. Exactly. For you guys out there. So (laughs) what's going to happen is he's going to have this list. He's going to have about maybe a 14 to 16 hour drive to Arizona. So the excuse that he doesn't have any time to do anything. First of all is a bunch of bunk okay that's there and back so he could talk for 16 hours straight into his phone about topics real easy i uh i'm a very safe driver i need to focus on the road you know what you talk on the phone to brian call for longer than you you could do six podcasts in a time you talk to brian call on the phone Oh, you're talking solo podcast while I drive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. So that's the new goal that we want Ryan to be giving mm. more tips, tactics, strategy. Like, just just dive more into who you are because we get a lot of those questions. And what better time than to do it while you're driving 16 hours to go hunting? Well, I will have a lot to say when I, um, probably middle of the hunt to end of the hunt. Whether okay. that's a, a lot of fails that I could talk about or... 
you know, hopefully a Well, your list is going to also include doing podcasts with other people, yeah. getting information. So prove me wrong. Prove <laughs> me wrong. When you get home, I have a slew of podcasts that have to be edited. <clears throat> and we have tons of content for our listeners out here. Yeah, just prove me wrong. So I will be so happy. It is January, which means it's coos deer season right. in Arizona. Right. I'm going to be heading down there tomorrow. Long drive. But, yeah, excited to get back. This will be my second year hunting Arizona. Last year was my first, and it was great. It worked out. I was super lucky on day two and um, stuck a really nice coos deer down there. And then I had days to burn, and I got to hang out with uh, Brinker, Dave Brinker and Brian Call and Randy Newberg and all those guys, and it was just a fun time. And um, during that time, I was trying to get myself a Kawada Monday, which they beat me up pretty bad. Had, had a few chances, but uh, gave me the slip. But um, this year, I think what's cool about Arizona is it's not like you're just going down for one specific thing. It's not just coos deer. You know, if coos is a little slow, you could, um, you know, grab the shotgun, go and try to uh, shoot a few Merns quail. They've got just so much opportunity. Upland, waterfowl, there's a ton of ducks, different varieties. Um, a lot of guys will grab a javelina tag when they go down. I did not pick one up. I just figured my time would be so focused on the coos that I probably wouldn't want to go get uh, distracted by hunting a javelina. But um, never know. I'll probably regret that. And um, and then the other thing is like those uh, uh, antelope antelope jackrabbits. Uh, we chased those a little bit last year. After tasting them, um, Randy and Michael Pretty they. Uh, they cooked up some pretty mean jackrabbit and a bunch of different game birds and, and whatnot. So it's just uh, huge opportunities down there, and it's not just coos. You could also go chase muleys if you want. But down there, what's unique about Arizona is the coos deer, the whitetail, are up, up on the mountain. They're up top, which feels like you're in mule deer country. And to find the mule deer, you actually look down in the valleys down below where the where the uh, sage flats are you know, close to towns. And that's what I noticed anyway. Um, maybe it's different. I'm sure it is in different parts of Arizona. But where I was, it was um, if you wanted to be hunting uh, the mountains, you were, you were hunting coos deer. So, yeah, so that's coming right up. I got some days down there with some great gentlemen to go out and see if we can't try and knock down a coos deer or two. And... Yeah, so that's my big trip for January, and then there's going to be a big gap. There's going to be a big gap between there and Spring Bear. So I'm going to take full advantage of this trip and see if I can't arrow a coos deer. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, if nothing else, it'll be warm. And yeah, it looks you'll like get it was... out of the frigid temperatures that are probably about to slam us here. I see it was 74. Four degrees down there today, mm-hmm. looking like mid 60s coming right up. So, yeah, it's going to be a big change from Montana here this time of year. So, it'll be uh, probably short sleeve in it and pretty light 
light weather gear back to like August type gear for uh, chasing early season mule deer. But got to put the puffy away. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. Yep. It'll be exciting. And, and I yep. hope that uh, you can get good content to share with everybody. Um, you can prove me wrong. <laughs> but um oh, boy. and yeah we've got a little coos deer that's out in the garage i keep looking at it thinking we need to put him somewhere because he's a cool little rack he's a cute um, little bugger he's, yeah he needs to be like he's little but he's he's just cool really it's like a basket, basket well bug. the other thing is is we don't have any white tails mm-hmm. you don't white tail hunt at all so we have mm-hmm. literally no white tail and he's got a white tail rack. It's got that. Well, he he's actually he has a white tail, but he's actually unique in that he's got more of a black tail rack. He's a basket, uh-huh. and he's got split off his tines, which kind of makes him look like a black tail. But he's really heavy, um, and then his one side looks like a white tail. He's just he's different than a mule deer. Yeah, for sure. He's he's cool. And you look at his skull compared to like any of the mule deer hanging out there, and he's it's like half the size if that. Right. Tiny. Tiny, tiny, and their bodies are ridiculously small as well. But, um, yeah, going down there with the big optics, and pretty much the name of the game down there is finding perches and and just glassing, running the spotter all day long, picking them out, figuring out if they're moving, um, watch them if you can, and then, you know, finding areas where you can uh, get a stock on one or or kind of get in between them as they're moving, which can prove very difficult. But we're uh, we're just kind of getting in at the head end of the rut, so hopefully they're they're rutting a little bit when we get down there. I've I've had a lot of messages as of late on social from people who have been down, um, even rifle hunting in December, and uh, they said ah, they're just kind of starting, thinking about starting. So. I think we'll be still at the head end of it, but it'll make it fun watching those bucks rut, rutting does down there. It's always a blast. So cool. All right, so this is going to be a Q and A podcast. Um, it might yep. turn into two of them, just based on how many questions we have here. But these always seem to if be fun for people. If you let me answer all these, it'll turn into <laughs> one. If we let you answer them. It will turn it turn into two. Should or we three. do the Hillary version and the Ryan version? <laughs> well, yeah. some of these, I don't have the foggiest clue how to answer. Well, them. that's why some are for you and some are for me. Yeah, you want me to ask you? I can ask you the first one here. Uh, which one? How do you maintain a relationship while I'm gone hunting? <laughs> <laughs> a relationship uh, with myself? Well, that's a little yes. private. I don't want to divulge that to everybody. Uh, well. That's kind of a complicated question. Because I think that one was directed at me, but <laughs> it was directed at you. No, I think it was directed at both of us. Um, it was probably directed at you. Like, how can you be gone for so long and your wife still uh, lets you in the house when you get home? Well, uh, I will. I will say, uh, it takes a very, very like cool, awesome, independent, like wife to be able to do these things and be gone for so long Ooh. i don't really have any worries because uh you always seem to handle everything while i'm gone maybe that's just because through trial and error i've been gone a lot and you you've gotten to that point where there's like 
Yeah, I don't even any, have any concerns. Any you woman take care of who has a spouse who's gone all the time, whether it be military, whether it be through lifestyle, be, you be become through work, very independent. you just learn to deal with, do everything yeah. yourself. Now, there's certain things I can't do. Like, I don't think I could move that Christmas tree out of this house by myself. That's so like 12 feet tall, and me and the girls might get crushed. So I might save that till you get back. Yeah. But if it was six feet, I'd drag that thing right out. And clean it up and like it was never in here. <laughs> so I don't... Usually when I come home, the house has been totally re rearranged, changed. <laughs> Wherever the recliners are, they're in a different location. TV's in a different room. Girl's room has changed to a different room. Uh, bed's in a different spot or it's like a different bed altogether. Well, the last time you left, uh, I really wanted to have my bedroom set all together. So we had this bed in here that was here when we moved in and it didn't match the dresser. And you were like, I don't want that old bed up here, blah, blah, blah. And I told, I said, no, I want the whole bed set. So me and Paley hauled this king size bed frame up here. We took the old one down. We set it up ourselves. I did it totally almost by myself. Paley helped me. Luckily, she was there. I don't think I could have done it all totally by myself. But we did it. And then you came home. And you didn't even notice it. Like, I had to point it out to you. Like, did you see the bed? And you're oh, like... Oh, you're so wrong. Oh. I totally noticed it when I walked in the room, but I hadn't walked in the room yet. And you're like, did you notice mm. that? I hadn't even been in the room yet. But yeah, yeah it's matching now. So it's white. It is matching. And it looks better. <laughs> and I like it better. And yeah, I'm like that. I don't know. Some women... I think, truthfully, most women are like that. Especially if you have children. Like... What are you going to do if something happens to your husband and you got kids? Like you got well, to like, know what to there's do. There's this nesting thing, but there's like a re-nesting thing when you go away. On, or at least when I go on trips, well, it feels like the nest gets completely redone every yeah, time. Yeah, and I I just... I'm not complaining. I, I'm just I, saying okay, that's, that's here's just some, Here's some advice. When you're young, you think that um, being alone sucks and you need to be together all the time. <laughs> when you get to be our age... I'm sorry, but I like it when you leave. I get the bed to myself. I get See what you all boys, your piles you young are men gone. Have to look forward to. Yeah, all your Eventually. piles are gone. Stuff is put away. The kitchen is clean totally. Like I have a different sense of what I like, and it's like that. And that's how it is. It doesn't mean I don't like you here when you're here. It just means that when you're gone, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I do my best to annoy you as much as I can prior to leaving so that you're okay with me being gone for a couple of weeks. It's, well, it's a, it's a good system. Yeah. It so works. I don't, but, but if we were going to truthfully answer the question for somebody, um, well, it, it's there. So yeah, maintain, I think trying to communicate has changed a lot since, um, back in the day before technology. We now have these little in-reach devices, which I can <laughs> try to get a text out to you. I am sometimes, not going to throw you under the bus here because I'm out. a nice, awesome wife, which you just said. But sometimes make sure your Garmin works. Messages don't go out, mm -hmm. and then you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had yeah, that and don't once. do it the night before. Your wife has to be on a plane at five thirty in the morning. Don't kill your big bull the night. <laughs> she has to leave on a plane the next morning well, at five opportunities are and very, then your garmin message limited. doesn't get to her that's all i'll say well here's my defense on that i did send it which you could see i'd sent it mm -hmm. which saved my hide but it didn't end up on my phone it didn't somehow go out i have no idea why we, yeah. even, we even james and i even double checked it and said yep it, <laughs> it sent we just went back down with our headlights on and 
yeah. just started working up that bowl and then and then I don't know you know what time it was I was driving out of there I had to get James to the Walmart parking well, lot Well here's the other thing guys here's the <laughs> other thing guys um just just like 3 days before maybe 2 days before he had been <clears throat> in the mountains where literally two or three people had been attacked by grizzly bears okay he is gone all day, and then it's 1 in the morning. He's still not home. It's 2 in the morning. He's still not home. I have no message. I'm supposed to be on a plane at 5.30. I thought James was supposed to be on a bus at 3.30. What is the first thing your wife is going to think of when just two to three days before, you're telling her that two dudes, they couldn't find the bear. He got attacked by grizzly bears. I mean, I'm thinking to myself... Wow. Ryan knows I have to be on a plane and Ryan knows I you know like I'm thinking something really bad has happened because if James has to be there I have to be there you're still not here well, that see, all is that, really pushing all it that. to the limit so I'm thinking like yeah James got I his leg chopped off by a grizzly bear you you're that. dragging him through the back country we were your in a totally different range on your garment we didn't even go to that range we yeah, I had well. sent a message explaining Wow, we just had a pretty cool experience. Killed a bull, running, gonna be running late. Um, it's gonna cut, it's gonna be cutting it tight. I'm gonna take James straight to the Walmart to get him uh, on the bus. But what I didn't know is that message didn't go out. And when that message didn't go out, yeah, she's stuck here thinking that the worst has happened. So I just get service and I got all these messages. I'm like, holy smokes, what, what's going on? <laughs> come to realize the message didn't send oh, so it wasn't a good night so if you want your relationship <clears throat> to work maybe just you know ryan um ryan's an awesome guy like he's awesome all the time but he he has a one track mind and it and when he thinks that something like a big bowl might go down he goes for it he doesn't always yes. think like this could be a really bad night to do this. Like this could be the worst night of all the nights of the 30 days wow. out of this month. This one night could be the worst night to do it. He just doesn't think like that. He only has a one track mind. When you have a big bull calling, screaming back mm. at your call, you go for it. Even though you're going to cut it a little tight. Here's the other problem that happened that night is, um, you know how I was trying to get back at a, decent time mm -hmm. so you figure wow, i'm just gonna take this shortcut this, this mm -hmm. looks good well it looked good on the gps um but it didn't look good in person definitely didn't look good so it took james james and i each had a quarter on our back and um we tried this little shortcut to kind of cut the time well that that didn't work out so well, and we uh, we ended well, up climbing you got, up some pretty steep deadfall. You got really lucky deadfall. because by the time you actually got all this done and got me to the airport, um, boy, you, did I not get you James had, to the Walmart and get you to the airport? If you had been <laughs> two hours later, if and that shortcut, I got had, a bull packed off the mountain. Well, at least a quarter, mm -hmm. and I had to go back and get the rest. So, so this is this is how everything worked out. This is how people are different. And this is how different people will think. So I tend to think of head. I'm an ahead thinker. I think about like, what are the steps I'm going to take? And then where am I going to get being? Ryan doesn't think like that. Ryan is a present dweller. He thinks like, oh my gosh, big bull, kill it now. He's not thinking like, oh, what if I take a shortcut and I get stuck? What if girly bear attacks me? What if I, oh, I got to have them. He doesn't think like that. So 
that's thinking. That's like how you process things. And if you want to save your relationship, <laughs> you just may want to think in the future a little bit ahead and hey, think I, there I, could be something that well, could go wrong. Thing. I'm here. still not. I'm. I'm still not admitting total guilt on this one because I did send that message and it just didn't go out. Now I have no idea because it looked as if it had sent. No idea why, because it always does. And I've never had an issue yeah. with my messages going out, and that just happened to be the night it didn't. But but the other thing is, is going I'm... back to the Garmin, it is very important to have one and to be able to message because well, back in the old if days, if you're in the Rocky Mountains, you're gonna be in a lot of non-cell covered areas most of the time, probably ninety percent of the time. I don't have any service, so it's relying on the on the inReach to get a message out say everything's okay or you know just say hey yeah well i think it's definitely one of the best inventions because you know back uh, if we were newlyweds like many of these people are that struggle with this question we had no communication <laughs> i mean go back to the blog that i wrote about this whole subject the whole thing that happened to us like right after we got married it was it was like you you were gone and you got stuck in weather but you had no way to contact me so you were supposed to show up this day you showed up 3 days later you know i i'm just thinking because i'm already mad that you left and well, i'm thinking like he doesn't care da, da, da. you know i i'm not seeing the like the complexities of it so now it's like i get a text most every day i know what's going on at least you know you drop me a pin so if you did send me a thing like a grizzly bear is chewing my leg off you know i could at least call somebody and tell them where to go <laughs> i mean that night i was like I didn't even know what mountain range you were in. I had no idea where you were. You're like, we're going to go we hiking were, today. We were that going is the, out. That is what you said to me. We were going, we are out, going out to look hiking. for grouse and take pictures. Hiking. You told me hiking. No, I said grouse hunting. Uh, no, and you said hiking. James and I were going to go look at some new country, a range we'd never been to or I'd never been to or or James. And it it's like uh, we just started cruising down, start seeing these really nice rubs on the trees and all of a sudden, they're getting to be some fresh ones and quite a few of them. And, and then you hit a point where you're like, man, this is about as far as we can go. And then a big old giant bull calls back to your bugle. And you have to go for it. You have to. It's just how it works. Mm -hmm. You don't turn around and walk away from that. So we didn't. And you got to the airport. James got on his bus. Yeah, well, there might have been a lot of relationships <laughs> because it's our relationship. It yeah. still wasn't good for you. It was bad. And I was up yeah. all night and I was going to work, folks. I wasn't going to Seattle to like party and play. <laughs> I was going to work. So I got no sleep. I was totally pissed. I mean, like I was frustrated. And if I had been a young wife. I blame technology. On if that I had one been a young wife me. and like I hadn't been through this a million times, which I have. And I feel like most of the time I'm pretty chill. Like, I'm getting better and better over the 20 years. But if I had been a young, new wife, that would have been really bad for you, right? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, just be respectful and maybe think a little bit ahead. But um, I don't know. We've survived. Well, see, here's the thing. Uh, I got back and I was like, but look, look at when I sent it. And look, I sent it. And you're like, I don't care. I was like, well, what could I have changed? Because... 
That's all you I have. You could have not killed the bull. You well, could have not gone and not killed the that's bull. That's crazy talk there. Yeah. See, that again is <laughs> called like consideration of others, oh. which is one thing you don't have when you go hunting. Maybe we should go to ne question number two. <laughs> all right. Number two. Let's look at number two here. So, um, childhood nutrition. Yeah. So I get these random questions all the time. Like, can you please talk about childhood nutrition? Mm -hmm. um, that is a ginormous question, much like many questions I get that are kind of generalized. Uh, I think lately we can maybe talk a little bit on our late experience with childhood nutrition. Um, obviously, children need, they need carbohydrate, protein, they need fat, right? They need micronutrients. Um, I think there's a few overlooked things that we miss, uh, as adults for children, um, you should always be, you know, looking out, making sure they're getting enough antioxidants in their diet, making sure they're getting enough of the micro minerals like zinc, copper, um, you know, obviously calcium for their bones, magnesium, which is a big one. Uh, another one to think about is iron. A lot of kids are anemic. And you wouldn't think that, right? You think of anemia, you think of blood loss. But Why are a lot of kids anemic? Is that something new or has that always been the case? Well, there's different factors. I think one is gut health for sure. Um, if you consider the health of the average adult in America today, right, their gut health, uh, and their children are eating the same food that they are, children are a lot of times starting out with compromised uh, immune systems and gut gut problems. Um Babies and children, that's one of the very big areas that is a problem for a lot of children, right? Diarrhea, vomiting, gut problems, um, gut, stomach issues, stomach pain. I think children are eating a lot of the foods that tend to be the most irritating. So dairy is a big one. We push this whole kids need tons of calcium thing and they need to eat dairy. A lot of kids don't do good with dairy. Uh, a lot of people are lactose intolerant. Also, if you look culturally, you know, like African-Americans, like a large percentage of African-Americans are lactose intolerant. So they just don't do good with milk, cow milk. So um, like we just did this test with our yeah. daughter because she yeah. was having some um, gut issues and stuff. So probably a good recommendation to figure out intolerances when they're young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, and I'm going to have, how do folks do that? I'm going to have, we're going to do a whole separate podcast on the food intolerance topic with Dr. Butler, mm -hmm. who I work with in my clinic. Um, she's introduced this test to me, the food intolerance test. I like the food intolerance test that she does because it, it's it kind of a, takes it from a 30,000 foot view and brings it down to the most critical food intolerances and it addresses food combination. Mm -hmm. Which is another thing we don't think about, right? What I don't even know that existed. Like you can't have grains at the same time you have milk within a certain amount of hours. Yeah. I didn't even know that was like a an intolerance that anybody had. Yeah. So food, I mean, obviously there's all these different food groups and the body is like the, on some people, they can't do certain, certain combinations. And for like kids it's amazing with like Paley our, our daughter we found out she can't eat grain and dairy within four hours of each other so what are the things kids want to eat milk and cereal for breakfast 
macaroni well, and cheese. A sandwich has cheese. It has. If you put cheese on it, pizza, um, pancakes things. with butter on them. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, anything with butter that's like yeah. has grain to it. Yeah, yeah. and then you start you start you know toasted bread at night. No mm-hmm. bread with butter. And then you got to watch, you got to look in the bread and make sure there's no dairy in the bread when they make the bread. Um, And then we also found out she's intolerant to potatoes, which they add potatoes to to a lot of bread (laughs) and to spices and to baking powder and to, it's like a thickener for things. We started removing those things from her diet and um, I would say she's definitely not complained of the stomach aches. We still are battling tonsillitis stuff, but she's remarkably been better since we removed these food combinations and we removed potatoes, which Ryan was a little unhappy about. (laughs) He's like, potatoes? and I mean, potatoes are good, but yeah, she just... Sweet potatoes. I mean, just the fact that potatoes are in so many things that you don't think have potatoes in them. Yeah. They're everywhere. So. Yeah, and I think the other thing is just, especially in the States, is, you know, how we think of, of meals, and we tend to revolve most meals either around meat, or we revolve most meals around some sort of grain. The way that we eat, where we're not giving children maybe a lot of diverse foods, we're giving them kind of the same, and even processed food all the time. And so as far as childhood nutrition goes... I'm just a bit, I don't do pediatrics. I'll say that number one. I really love my children, but sorry to tell you folks, dealing with your children is like, <laughs> I'd rather deal with older adults. It's just really difficult. Um, but pediatric diet is one of these things. It's like, you know, giving your children diverse foods, um, different things to eat instead of just grain, dairy, meat, because most of those things are processed. And you want to think about things like vegetables. And I know kids, our kids do that, resistant to vegetables. Find what vegetables they will eat, you know. Our daughter will eat broccoli, cauliflower. um, Carrots. She'll do carrots. She'll do onions. She really likes onions. She'll do garlic that she'll she'll like, you know. It's not like I'm going to go buy a bunch of vegetables she's going to hate and not eat, and I'm going to torture her with that. Then in the summer, we grow a garden. That's a great way to teach children nutrition because they go out in the garden, they grow it themselves, or they pick it. I mean, they'll eat kale right out of the garden. Yeah. But they, they will not eat kale that I buy at the grocery store. They everything out there. They yeah. eat, I mean, the carrots, you know, with the exception of a few things, but kohlrabis, we cut them up right out there, and they just mal mm-hmm. on those things and um obviously tomatoes and stuff like that but yeah it's it's different when it's fresh and geez they even eat the flowers off the kale plants if uh they've gone mm-hmm. to seed and mm-hmm. a lot of different varieties of greens if they've gone to seed they go out and they chew them up so if you're concerned about your children's nutrition if you have a new baby and your feet give starting them foods pick diverse foods sardines and fish and I've even seen some salmon roe. Um, sometimes babies will eat the things you think they'll never eat. You know, think of think think of diverse foods. Um, obviously, that they can digest and chew or whatever. But that's a good way to start them out. Don't just start them out on like rice cereal. Rice cereal is just starting them out on a bunch of sugar and grain and milk. <laughs> yep. Try try to think of for foods that are diverse for children. And then if your child is having problems, I mean, look. You, people think we're like the healthiest people on the planet, which we're not, but we are. We love food and we eat healthy food. And look, we are dealing with a child who has 
gut issues. And we've had to troubleshoot that. And even some of the foods that she can't tolerate would be healthy foods. So if you're if you're struggling with that, find help as well. I, I remember trying to get Paley to eat squash. She didn't really want to. No. She told me she didn't like it. But I was like, come on, you got to try it. You got to eat. Just eat this, you know, these three or four bites. And what happened? She threw up in her plate one night. Yeah. All over her other food. She really didn't like it. It, like, didn't sit well with her for some reason. I just thought she, I don't know what I thought, but I kind of forced her to eat it, and she, it all came out. So that didn't work, but... And we would make these beautiful stews with potatoes in them. And she, three bites in, she's telling us her stomach hurts. And of mm-hmm. course, what's Ryan saying? There's all healthy food in that. Eat it. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, you don't think about that. Yeah. But I, I think if your kid keeps having this sign, like once in a while kids have stomach aches, but they keep having this thing, you should investigate that. And then you should definitely look at their diet. Well, even if it's just sandwiches and if they have intolerances to dairy, then that doesn't work with grains. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Okay, so here's another question we got. Um, I guess this is for adults. Is it cool or okay to have beers on training days? Alcohol, is it bad to have when you're training? Training for, I'm guessing, just working out. Okay, hold on one second. Let me just find out from Googleizer. (laughs) If I drink two beers after a workout, will I be okay? Let's see what Google I has think to say. You'll be just fine. It says here a beer thing. or two after a workout isn't going to hurt you, especially if you follow the advice of a 2014 reviewed study published in the journal Sports Medicine that suggests you consume less than 0.5 grams per kilogram body weight after a workout. There you go. For those of you who hate math, that's roughly two 12-ounce beers for a 150-pound person. Okay, now that is what came up number one when I Googled that question. Um, I don't really like to go straight to Google for answers, but this is kind of fun. What happens when you drink (laughs) after your workout? So after cardio, alcohol could impact your body's store of glycogen, the primary fuel for working out at higher intensities, causing you to feel fatigued faster during your next workout. Mm -hmm. Right? Now that to me makes more sense. This would be the negative aspects of drinking. Is two beers going to do that? Or if you just go and get blitz drunk after your workout, which I don't know why anybody would do that, but. I'm not, I don't know why I'm defending alcohol or beers at all. I don't drink at all. (laughs) I don't know either. I'm just thinking, I think there's probably worse things you could do. It's probably not a horrible thing. Well, let's see here. Drinking after resistance training, which is weightlifting, could reduce protein synthesis, the process that's needed for your muscles to rebuild and grow stronger. 
you might be slightly sabotaging your strength building and toning. Okay, so don't drink two beers after your workout. <laughs> Swear you'll only have a few sips? Everyone does, but people tend to drink more than they planned on days that they exercise more than usual. Found research. The good news, having the occasional drink or two after a workout is an inarguably fun way to treat yourself after a grueling series of burpees, and it won't do much harm, unless you're training for a race or strength competition. In this case, save your bubbly until after you have performed. So basically, I mean, this is the whole thing like with building muscle and our competing, nobody drinks alcohol. Alcohol yeah. is, is not productive no. um, for building muscle. And, you know, so the other thing is, is that everybody's different. Some people metabolize sugars different and carbohydrates mm -hmm. and their glycogen issues are different than others. Right. Same thing with doing keto or doing high carb, low carb diets. Everybody's different. We got another question about macronutrient, macronutrient ratios. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's a fun one I hate these questions should we gloss over that one well I think if you're just doing a normal diet where you're trying to like have an average ratio I would say 40% protein 30% carbohydrate 30% fat that's what I would do if I wasn't on any like very specific diet um, you know obviously keto, keto is, is totally not going to be that but you can do what's called a keto flex, which is closer to that, where you eat more carbohydrate, but you're eating more complex carbohydrates like vegetables. You know, you just keep, you're eating like more salads and more vegetables because with a true keto diet, you're eating like 5% carbs or something. And some people need more carbohydrate. But the other thing I just want to remind people is that not everybody is built for keto. It's something to look into, and this is where the role of genetics is going to start playing into medicine, is that personalized medicine is going to become more and more of the future um, as we learn about genes and we learn about um, a number of things. A great book to read. It's good. It's an easy read. It's called Why We, um, why we Age and Why We Don't Have To by David Sinclair. If any of you listen to Rogan or anything, he's been on there a couple of times. Um, and it just talks about aging and the things that you can do to decrease aging. Uh, but, you know, diet is obviously a huge piece of aging that I would just warn everybody out there not to just, if you feel like garbage when you're doing something, there might be a reason for it. <laughs> so that 40% protein, 30% carb, 30% fat, uh, I would say that's the healthier macronutrients that you want to shoot for if you're not doing a specified diet. Perfect. Sound good enough. That segues right into what Doc Hill are your beauty go-tos? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who asked that? Jess. Okay. Yeah. Is um, it a couple beers after a workout? So let me lay down for you guys what I do. I get up in the morning. I go straight to the kitchen, and I down a beer. <laughs> And then at night, no. My beauty regimen, uh, geez. Well, first of all, we live in Montana now, and there's absolutely zero <laughs> humidity in the air here, zero. It feels like someone has taken a vacuum to you and just sucked all the moisture out of your body. 
So in Washington, I felt like my skin and my whole beauty regimen was way easier because we had humidity there and it just made it so that you didn't feel like you had to slather yourself in products to keep your skin from cracking open like a lizard. Do all um, ladies have a beauty regimen? Mm, yeah. Not all. Okay. I would say that crunchier women probably don't. Yeah. But the I would say that it's been perpetuated on us our whole lives to have some sort of beauty regimen. Mm. I mean, you can already see it with the girls, right? They want to wear makeup. Um, they want beauty products for Christmas. Right? They want lotions and creams and makeups and stuff. And it's like, I mean, I'm not perpetuating that on them. It's just, it's just kind of how girls are. So I think that we, we learn about it. And um, every woman really wants their skin to look good, you know, because unfortunately, I hate to say this, but you guys can just let yourself go and somehow you get better looking <laughs> as we get older we get wrinkles and we i just i just think the the model of beauty that we're so used to being subjected to are young girls 20 year old girls who have tons of collagen in their skin tons of estrogen they're all plumped up you know at least their faces are maybe their bodies aren't but you know it's plumped up in certain areas i don't know it, it's just like the whole and then you get into plastic surgery and you get into this whole thing of women needing to plump their lips up and plump their this up and do that when they're older. Um, and now I do do PRP, so I would recommend that is a really amazing natural beauty and skin enhancer. And there's no fillers, there's nothing artificial, there's no neurotoxins. It's like your platelets from your blood and we just re-inject it back into the skin. And I've had it done and it did miraculous things to my lips and to just helping my skin soften out. But hey, I'm almost 50. So at this point, I think number one, I think it's always good to cleanse your face and exfoliate your face. And you can do that with, and of course, always buy products that are clean and not a bunch of perfumes and garbage and parabens and phthalates and all this stuff that we've talked about multiple times on the podcast um cleanse your face exfoliate you know you can make paley made the six sugar sugar, <laughs> sugar scrub, scrub but we added these like so she wanted food coloring for him and i was like i'm not gonna buy food coloring that's toxic so i bought this food grade food coloring that they put in like cake mix that you can eat well <laughs> the problem with it is it's like super it was, it was a sweet thought for paley to want to give somebody like this sugar scrub actually she liked it because it just looked cool in a jar yeah she didn't even know what it was for but it it's like <laughs> sugar and it's, each layer coloring it's kind of it. like a rainbow in there of colors with the food coloring added to the sugar she just thought it was like a decoration but it was actually it for a sugar scrub the problem is um once you folks started using it, her gift became like a prank because, you know, they take a shower and they're wiping all this food grade colored sugar well, all over their pink. bodies. My hands were pink for like two days from and using then it. And they're just getting all colored up and it's not washing out. No, her cousins were like, I did my whole body and I was pink. But, <laughs> but that being said, that sugar is like a really good scrub. So you can use what you have in your kitchen for exfoliator. You don't have to go buy these crazy expensive things. Um, 
And then I always moisturize. I tonify, I moisturize, and then I use a sunscreen concealer. I would say eat lots of good fatty things that helps your skin and drink lots of water. Water is probably number one. People don't drink enough water. Don't drink alcohol. Alcohol is horrible for your skin. Yeah. Horrible for your skin. Do not smoke cigarettes. Absolutely horrible for your skin because cigarettes eat up kind of like alcohol, but they, they basically deprive your body of nutrients that help build collagen like vitamin C yeah. and, and any other antioxidant. So I would say don't uh, do yep. those things, obviously. Don't do it. And who don't wants smoke. a smoker mouth? I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's, it's not a good it, look. But I, I don't smoke and I'm a white girl, light skin, and my lips from living in the high Rockies for a lot of years, I got the wrinkles going down into my lips and I don't even smoke. So, you know, think about just um, using good moisturizer. And then I would say the PRP, if you want to spend money and you want to really get to the depths of it, you can do the PRP. Um, okay, we got some odd questions. Um, oh, and the Juve light. Don't forget that. Oh. Juve light, this infrared light that I use, this red light, awesome. Got to get one of these Juve lights. That's Go to kind of the first thing that J I notice in the morning is you always got this bright red light going on when you're like getting ready, brushing your teeth. It's awesome. Got to get a Juve light. It rebuilds collagen in your face. Did you ever go to a Nirvana or Pearl Jam <laughs> concert when you were in Seattle? What kind of where where did that question come from? Why did I must have that? said something in a past podcast about I that I we I used never to listen to Pearl Jam a lot. So I never actually went to concerts, but I you worked. waited on those people yes. though, didn't you? I yeah. worked in Pioneer Square. I was a waitress, and I worked kind of close to the ferry terminal. And if anybody knows the history of Kurt Cobain, he was from a town called Aberdeen. And I think he I would... was going to rip on Aberdeen, but I'm not going to now. <laughs> yeah, keep it's it quiet. a pretty rough place to live. But he lived there. And I think you could take the ferry from Seattle to Bremerton. And from Bremerton, you could go to Aberdeen. I don't know, because he used to come in there with his baby girl, who she's now an adult. And they used to wait for the ferry and eat pizza. She was in like a high chair. And um, so I've waited on him a number of times. Um, and I was really sad when he died to hear that that had happened. But he was a strange bird. He was really super shy, like socially really awkward and shy. He rarely talked. I mean, he would like order and that was it. You know, he was super. Um, he did not like people looking at him like he he. He did not seem very comfortable with his celebrityness. Um, on the other hand, I waited tables on Dave Grohl, who was the drummer, and a couple of other guys, a couple of guys from Pearl Jam stuff. Dave Grohl was the exact opposite of Kurt. Super outgoing, nice, you know, like, not like Kurt at all. So, uh, but I, I never actually went to concerts because, I don't know why I never went to concerts. I just wasn't a big concert goer. <laughs> yeah. You I know, mean, back some... when we were, yeah, back when we were at that age, I mean, it was all about Seattle music, grunge and everything. That's why I moved to Seattle. It was, yeah, everything. Pearl Jam Soundgarden was huge back then. And... Yeah. 
I remember my boyfriend gave me for Christmas the Nirvana CD with the baby on the front. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of the uh, the album, Swimming in the Water. Yeah, that was and uh, and I got the Pearl Jam album with the the pink album cover. I just thought all on there. I bet you this is something nobody knows about you. Um, When you got to Seattle, have you ever talked about the video, the music video you did, (laughs) Lady Jane? No, no. No. Queen's Reg. I forgot about video. that. Yeah. My agent called me and said, you need to go downtown to some hotel. I can't remember. It was a Westin or something. And they're doing um, auditions and they are looking for a girl to be on a billboard. You need to dress kind of sexy because you would be like laying on a billboard like, you know, those girls in alcohol commercials where they're like in the sexy dress and they're <laughs> holding the alcohol. And I was like, Okay. It just just that the way you described it sounds like the biggest scam ever. Oh. It's like oh. go to this motel, dress <laughs> it's real totally bad. sexy, and we're gonna put you on a billboard if you do. Dude, okay, this is nineteen ninety. <laughs> Did I know you then? No. Okay. Then now I met you in ninety five. So it, it. it was like nineteen ninety four. This was like a long time ago. They didn't have we barely even had a cell phone. It was like we didn't have email. There was none of that. So it was like, go to this hotel, wear this type of clothing. So I wore this black dress. I go, you literally like this, they had girls waiting. And I thought I had worn what, what was a sexy dress. Okay. I walked in and let me tell you, the girls that were there that were wearing sexy dresses, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to leave. Like, I'm not going to get the part because there were girls there wearing barely anything, like barely anything. So I thought I was dressed sexy. I was just very conservative. So they call us, the lady comes down and she calls a group of us. But like, they literally lined us up outside of this room. And um, we went in and we had to walk in in a line and then we had to turn around and then we had to walk out. That was it. It was like, that's all they wanted us for was to see what we look like. So I leave there and I'm like, yeah, that was useless. Like nobody's calling me back. I get a call back. They asked me to come back. And I'm like, really? But he says, but they don't want you for the, the billboard girl. They want you for his wife the lead singer in the video. And I'm like, what? So I obviously was dressed much more conservative than the billboard girls. They said they want you to try out for his his young wife in the video, which was like a major role. And I go, oh my gosh. So I go back. They had another hotel, went in the room and there's three people there, like casting agents. And the guy says to me, okay, we want you to act like your husband has just told you something like really sad and we want you to like cry. And I was like, what? So now I have to do acting. I thought I was just going to be a billboard girl. Now I have to act. And they're like, yeah, we're going to like pretend that you're so sad. You're like crying. So I literally had to stand there and make myself cry. I did it and I got the part. And then I had to go to video shoots with this guy. 
Queen's right. No, oh, Queen's right. Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. So it no. was Queen's right. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. I go to this. The song was Lady Jane, by the way. Lady Jane. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have not thought about <laughs> this in 20 years. Yeah, they they we went to the shoot, and um, the lead singer. I had to be in bed with the lead singer in like a nightgown. I mean, I just met the guy and his wife was there and she was like behind the camera and she was n- not watching, very happy. Watching your every move. Oh, yeah. And I personally think that this Queensryche guy, he's probably been in a lot of trouble with, I think he's had a few wives at that point, but like she had her eyeball on me and uh, we had to roll around in bed and they would do this thing where like, then they had to get me like, my face was going to turn into his mother's face because he had issues with his mother. That's what the song was about. Wow. This, yeah. This is just getting weird. And then they did this whole weirder. music video. And then I had to dance around in a room by myself for my song. It was like this song. And I had to dance around in the step. It was a set. It was a movie set. I had to dance around. And then they, they did the video and they invited me to the concert at the Gorge. And I got a VIP tickets. I got backstage tickets. And I watched that my face on the big screen and they did this whole music video along with the whole concert. That was my moment of fame. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Jane. And you oh, know what? Man. It was so memorable that I totally forgot about it. Yeah. So creepy back then. But that was the 90s, man. It was fun. <laughs> I don't know where this podcast just went with that yeah, story. I'm just reminiscing. Very out like, of the ordinary. Queensryche. That's how right. We, Queensryche. How do we bring it back? Maybe we got I'll backcountry do. backcountry food questions. I need to got. play that song for our intro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've got gosh. hunting spot questions. Gosh, we've got New Zealand questions. Got a lot of questions. All right. We've got. Oh, we've got game changer questions. We don't even. I don't even want to go into game changer questions. Well, let's just talk. Let's just touch on it a little bit because I've gotten two emails about oh. it. First of all, we will say we have not seen it. Okay. Second of all, I'm like, whatever works for you, dude. Just eat what you want. If you do good on a vegetarian diet and you work out, great. If you don't, great. You know what I mean? My personal opinion it's very hard to be a vegetarian and get the proper macronutrients because plant proteins, first of all, you have to be very good at knowing where to get your proteins. You have to know how to cook well. You can't just eat out and stuff. Like you can't just eat a bunch of processed food. Um, so you need to be a smart vegetarian and, and a lot of vegetarians I know, they do eat some egg and they eat some dairy and, you know, they eat a little fish, so like a pescatarian. So they're still eating some animal products. But I don't really have any preference for what people do, but I, I will say that I see patients. This is where the problem comes in with these topics. Um, and just as a health provider, I see it causing a lot of eating disorder mm-hmm. is what I see. Because I have young, so here's the deal. Young people, you young people out there, you're very influenced. Would you not say that's true? 
I think we by all the were, media. We were young. Sure. Yeah, by the media. So you're very influenced by the media. You're also very passionate at that age, okay? You're so passionate. If you want to save the world at that age, you're so passionate, okay? Like, that's just how it is. That's how we're wired, right? You get passionate about things. That's how it is. But what starts to happen is your whole ethical and moral reason for why you don't do it versus how you feel and what you start to do to your health, they become in conflict. And so then you end up in my office telling me that you're a sickly, not feeling good vegetarian, and you're thinking you might need to eat meat, Mm -hmm. but you have this ethical, moral dilemma because your friends and your social group, your peer group, the media, the game changers, um, you know, the social activists in the world are telling you that you're a horrible person if you eat meat. This, in turn, creates eating disorders because people become afraid of eating and they become afraid of food. Whether it's going back and you're afraid to eat too many carbohydrates, right? Or you're afraid to eat animal protein, whatever it is. Um, There's some people who genetically... They can do okay on veg- higher plant diet. But we have teeth. We have omnivore teeth. So, you know, we were not created to be plant e- only eating animals. Um, and I just think that this is where we get into trouble with this. Is And then as you get older, you start to be like, oh, maybe my body doesn't do so well with this, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not feeling so well with this. Or my hair is falling out. Or I can't think straight. Or I'm not sleeping at night. I can't, like, uh, I have no sex drive. That's the main reason that male vegetarians come to me. They have no sex drive. That's not something they're just going to talk about openly, right? They come to me and they're talking about this. And I'm like, well... <laughs> You know, are you getting enough protein? And most of the time they're not. Yeah. So as far as the game changers go, when you're younger, you're passionate, you're all these things, you can also metabolize plant proteins a little easier than us old folks. So it will also change as you start to get older. And you might find that you do need more animal proteins. Um, But I am very wary. Be very wary of anything like that. And of course, there's going to be science on both sides. Just like any other topic out there, there's always both sides. I preferentially think people should have some animal protein in their diet. I don't push that on patients. I think you have the right to do whatever you want. But if you're coming to me for advice because you're not well, which is why people end up in my office, then these are the topics that I would bring up. Um, But as far as game changers goes, and should you just stop eating meat because it's bad for the environment and it's bad for the planet and it's bad for you, um, I would would say that you, you need to definitely look at both sides. The Stealthy Hunter website and the Hunt Harvest Health podcast is for general health information only. This podcast is not to be used as substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any health condition or problem. Any questions regarding your own health should be addressed to your own primary care physician or other health care provider.